This is the Unresolved Podcast with your hosts, Brian Yee and Dara Shaw. The title of this episode is The Basics of Why Unresolved Pain Occurs. And in it, you'll hear from Brian and Dara what is happening in the body whenever you feel pain that doesn't allow you to keep living life the way that you would like to live it. If you enjoy this podcast, I recommend you check out the book by the same title that is Unresolved, Harnessing Your Movement Story to End Chronic Pain, now available on Amazon. If you want to check out some of the book before you purchase it, you can go to brianyee.com and download a free chapter. B-R-I-A-N-Y-E-E.com. And now to Brian and Dara. Brian, we've sat down and talked about your listeners writing down more aspects of their subjective pain. Now that we've taken the time to help them describe their unresolved pain, my hope is that they're able to differentiate between the types, locations, and potential causes, rather than just seeing their pain as an obscure overarching thing. So can you enlighten us a little bit more on why pain occurs? Got it. Love it, Dara. Thanks for joining the podcast again. This is great. Yeah, no doubt we've talked about a lot of the pain narratives. Uh, So let's start getting more into the whys and some science stuff and some other physiology things and kind of connect to your narrative stuff of what we talked about in previous episodes. So actually, I would actually almost go back to the question to you, Dara, and uh, you were just, we were just talking before we started recording this podcast about a pain you were complaining of. Uh, can you actually share a story? I mean, let's use a story narrative uh, of and, and bring it back around to the science of pain and, and why it happens. Sure. So listeners, we are just talking right before this podcast of something that I've been experiencing for a while. And so just to shed some light on my previous experience with pain, I've had hip pain, right-sided hip pain, for a while, and I just kind of kept running through it. I was trying to increase my running time, um, running speed, and then it got to the point where it just a hard block, where the pain had gotten just to the point where I, I had to stop running. And so I reached a threshold where I had to stop the activity that I was trying to continue to do to um, remain active. So that's a little bit about my story. Brian, do you have more questions? Yeah. So let's talk about, let's just talk about what happened there, right? So okay. uh, in further episodes, we might even bring back your case again and talk about kind of what's happening in your body if it happens. But let's just talk about that episode of pain you're getting. Uh, so why, what's happening at that level? Why is it happening? Let's, let's talk about that. So really, you know, you're running at a certain level. You're trying to push a little harder. Your body's threshold can only handle so much, uh, um, and that could be anyone. So you could be a super marathon runner running ultra marathons. You could be an Ironman triathlete. Everyone has a certain threshold in their body, and somewhere it's going to break down eventually. Okay, so uh, if you're even like the person who can walk a mile and you're just in pain versus a super athlete, everyone has a certain threshold. That's the way the physical body works against gravity. So at that certain point of time, when your body gets to a certain point where that hip or that, um, your back can only handle so much, you create a breakdown mechanism where the tissue itself can only handle so much. Um, You have these receptors we discussed in previous episodes called nociceptors. And nociceptors are kind of like these, they're not pain receptors, they're kind of like a catalyst to when they get kind of pissed off. Um, It's it's like your signal that sends something's in danger, but doesn't necessarily say cause pain. So uh, we use, I think we used in previous episodes, this analogy of a chemistry set where you add like sodium into a little chemistry beaker of some solution and all of a sudden you keep dropping in there, dropping in and dropping in there, no big deal, no big deal. And eventually you start seeing something bubble and eventually like you drop that one last one, it goes boom, it's like, it's just like, it's just like, it, it totally explodes, right? So there's a buildup 
uh, effect of stimulus, uh, we call it aberrant stimulus or noxious stimulus, where your body can handle certain thresholds. I mean, we are, we need to push our bodies, right? So we sat around all day long, even sitting all day long can put a lot of pressure on our bodies too. But running, standing too long, lifting weights, playing sports, your body gets to a certain kind of point where your body's like, I can only handle so much. So you're, when you're depending, you're complaining of at that hip level, somewhere in between your hip decides like, okay, I can only handle so much. It would be mile, five miles. And it creates this kind of stimulus where the, these nociceptors get kind of irritated. They get kind of like their signals to them going, wait, wait, hold on. I can't only handle so much, handle so much. And you keep running, keep running. I can do it. I can do it. I'm going to go a little more. I'm going to go a little more. And it gets to a certain tipping point. So literally like, like I think we used a previous analogy. It's almost like psychologically when your kid comes home and keeps like kind of, you know, kind of rubbing you the wrong way. And eventually like, stop bothering me. Like that, that kind of breaking point, your body's threshold has that saying kind of stop bothering me, stop pushing into me. And that's when pain occurs. Um, those nociceptors get activated and they send a signal to your brain going, ow. And then we talked about how pain is very relative and how then your brain can perceive it as pain uh, based on certain parameters, which we'll talk about more later. But at a very basic level, the pain you're complaining about pain-wise um, in your hip when you ran a mile, three miles, five miles, you try to push a little harder, a little harder. You got home sore the first couple of times. I'm sure it wasn't the first time you went for a run for a mile. It was uh, how, how long would you say it, it actually took for it to get hurt? Yeah, definitely. I started running. It probably happened about three months after that. Yeah, and I think we talked about it before. Is, is, is usually that three months, six months. I gotta look at the physiology yeah. structure. You gotta go for a run, you know, two, three miles, uh, you know, one or two miles, whatever, two or three months you can handle. But for three months later, somehow your body just breaks down and just, just kind of shuts down on you. So you're seeing that, like this, this three yeah. to six month time frame. Once you start an activity there may be this noxious stimuli that builds up that may present as pain within that time frame. Uh, it creates like an, ir- like an irritant almost, right? And then when we define like pain, then eventually after that three months of doing the same thing, finally those receptors like send a trigger and it sends us like, we call it action potential. Uh, physiologically wise, it sends a, a sharp signal to the brain going, ow. And your brain's like, that doesn't feel right. So you had some soreness, I'm sure, for the first like month prior to. You got, oh, that doesn't feel right. I can deal with it. I can deal with it. I'm going to keep running, keep, keep running. And eventually get to that point where your body's like, I can't. Not mind, mentally you can't handle it, but literally physically the body like shut down on you and all of a sudden pain occurred. That definitely is what happened, Brian. So just to recap what you're saying is these receptors and my tissues just got to a threshold that it finally sent the stimuli and said stop because this is this is pain at yep. this point yep. right yep. like something and it's it's a, it's a threat something broke down something's yeah. not right okay. and then your brain's like that's pain um, and again we talked about pain being relative so some people might go eh, it didn't hurt mm-hmm. um, it might be wait till my leg actually falls off but you and I are you know common uh, recreational runners like you get to a certain point you run too far like the tissue's going to get a little injured tissue gets injured and then it causes pain mechanisms so um, what we call that actually in, in the pain science world, so we this whole industry, not industry, the whole research world on pain sciences. There's different categories of pain. And so this is what we're classifying right now as peripheral nociceptive pain. And what happens then is these nociceptors, they become what's called sensitized. So the action potential, that kind of final tipping point where that chemistry set kind of blew, that is as they call peripheral sensitization. I know these are technical fancy words for people who are not in the pain literature, but just trying to give you some information for those who are reading more into it, that there's a classification of pain where we call peripheral sensitization. So what you're experiencing in your hip pain was most likely a peripheral sensitization of 
the hip area. So your hip hurts because of that reason. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes sense. So, you know, in further episodes, we'll talk more about the lead up of that, you know, look at previous histories, your narratives, all that kind of stuff you did of previous injuries. But um, this episode right now, we just want to help you understand, like, that's what you're experiencing is, is the simple ankle sprain. You went for a run, you lifted your lifted a box up, you threw your back out. Um, that's your very, very, very basic form of pain a very simplified form. There are much more complex forms of pain we're going to talk about in future episodes. But today's episode, we want to talk to you, kind of think about you uh, who's listening to this. You're probably listening to us probably because you have some form of pain. So think about the uh, different pains you had. So think about your pain narrative we talked about. Think about that one time you hurt your back, hurt your knee. Think about different things. And think about that's what happened physiologically to your body is that you actually then had this kind of nociceptive response physically and physiologically in your body that happened that way. So just knowing how injuries occur and how inflammation can occur to the area, Brian, explain how that inflammation can relate to the pain. Uh, Great question, Dara. Yeah, so basically I always use ankle sprain. I think that's just maybe because I sprained my ankle so many times I didn't think much of it uh, when I was younger playing basketball and tennis and you trip your your foot over a ball or uh, a curb. All of a sudden, your ankle sprains, it hurts, and then all of a sudden, you see a swelling happen, right? So uh, basically, that's that's a physiological reflex your body does to defend itself. So when injuries and you, you sprain an ankle or sprain a hip or you run too far, pain occurs, and there's a chain reaction that happens that your body releases inflammation. And swelling or inflammation is basically a chemical set, chemistry set. Uh, some people call it like, like a pain inflammation soup. Um, this idea of uh, chemistry, chemicals like CGRP, um, uh, substance P, interleukins 246. So your basic like things, if you had to take like a, a blood sample or a, drew a sample of your fluid out of your swelling, your knee or ankle, you, if you at a biochemical level, that's the chemicals in inflammation that it's sitting there, inflammation happening there. Sure. So I sprained my ankle. Our body sends all these chemicals to the area. There's inflammation that occurs. But that's a direct response to the pain that occurred at a ligament level? Correct. Okay. So at the ankle level or at your hip level, that nociceptive response goes to the brain. Your brain goes, ow, that hurts. And then reflexively, it sends inflammation to the area. And actually, again, in acute situations, acute meaning really recent or, or on, you know, right at the immediate episode of pain uh, or injury, uh, that inflammation is a protective mechanism. It's actually a... It's like a, a car seat, you know, the cushion or an airbag in a car seat. It's there designed to protect you. So. Yeah, we need inflammation. Yeah. I mean, we need those substances to go to the area to help heal. So I know people think like inflammation, swelling, but it is sort of our body's response to pain to tissue, correct? Yeah. So you, you actually don't hurt it farther, actually. So you don't dislocate exactly. your ankle, you don't dislocate your hip. Pain is a signal, first of all, danger. Inflammation is actually a way of guarding as well as protecting as well as healing. So some of the inflammation is also you get some white blood cells going there and start healing the tissue too. So it's actually a way to help to heal the tissue as well. Um, the things you want to do is make sure the inflammation goes away pretty quickly. That's that's the thing we'll talk about next episode is about when that swelling sits are too long and it'll settle down in terms of the scar tissue. And that's the whole other cascading event uh, that happens for other injuries. But for this episode, we're talking literally for you as, as a listener, Really think about your pain narrative and think about that that one time or two times or 20 times you sprained an ankle, sprained a hip, dar for you that you, you hurt your hip. Um, you are getting some inflammation there. It may not be totally swollen in your hip like you have a sprained ankle, right. but you are getting some tissue inflammation, whether it be at the muscle, joint, or ligament level, um, that's causing um, an irritant or these kind of chemical mediators to sit there. 
Sure. And I do want to take a little bit of time, Brian, to talk about the graph at this point, because I did look at the graph in the book and, you know, kind of use my hip pain as my way of looking at the graph Um, and just kind of seeing, you know, I sort of reached this threshold on the graph. So just briefly tell us about the graph in the book um, and how that could potentially relate to my hip pain. Thanks, Nora. And so uh, for those who haven't read the book, uh, obviously there's people on the on this podcast. Uh, in my book, you know, we talked about the idea of a movement story. We've actually visualized your movement story in an XY graph, basically. And so it's my, because I'm a, such a visual learner, I needed a way to actually visualize the way your narrative story of pain happens. And so a lot of times, you know, people on the graph, you know, the people come in for a certain pain or your hip pain, but that's, that's your entry point to where your pain started. That's, in my mind, like an epiphany of a buildup effect or an accumulation of your pain having from previous episodes of injury, inflammation, pain, nociception, things like that. So the movement story graph is an XY graph that summarizes uh, on the X bar, the, 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 the horizontal you know, base, a timeline of your history, whether it be from five years old or uh, you know, to 20 years old, uh, the time when your pain started occurring or injury started occurring. Uh, and then your Y uh, vertical graph is an intensity of your body's threshold to be able to handle certain things. And so what happens on the graph is simply just a visual summary of kind of your body's threshold to handle certain things. And when your pain happened, um, we have this other horizontal line called your threshold line. That's what we talked about the chemistry set. Eventually your body can handle so much. So pain really is depicted on a visualization of finally this point of time when you, your body passes that threshold line and also pain happens. It's hard to describe verbally over this, uh, this podcast, but we'll have some short show notes of the graphs on, on, your, on, on the podcast. I uh, would encourage you to, to look through the movement story graphs. But the whole point is, is on a visualization standpoint, is, is there's a certain point that your body can only handle so much load, and eventually it's going to break down and pain and inflation happens. Brian, I've had injuries before, and clearly I'm a physical therapist. I can somewhat rehab myself, but this hip pain, it I felt like it was a lot harder to heal, and I feel like my body was not able to naturally heal itself where previously it was able to. Can you walk us through how this process begins and what we might be looking out for when we have injury? Yeah, so let's, let's talk about your movement story in a lot of ways, your own self. Let's, 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 let me just ask you a simple question of, you know, wh- you have this hip pain. What have you had this hip pain before in the past? I never had the hip pain right. in the past. Okay. Now, some a very qualifying question then for is, is, have you had any pain? This is your right hip, correct? It is. Have you had any other previous injuries on your right leg? Like I have. Knee injuries, ankle sprains, calf injuries? I have. So I have had, um, I used to play basketball, and I've had ankle sprains on that right side. On the right side. On the right side. Did it swell? Did it, did it, were you kind of limping? Were you on crutches? Or? Yeah, I couldn't play. Not crutches, but I mean, definitely swole. Okay. So basically from a movement story timeline, yeah. how long ago was that ankle sprain? Man, probably, if I had to guesstimate, Brian, I'd probably say two or three years ago. Okay, so basically let's, let's, even though let's say you as a patient came in to see me for your hip pain, we'd have to start kind of your, your timeline of your movement story really starting two, three years ago when you first sprained your ankle playing basketball. So we talked about uh, peripheral sensation or peripheral deceptive pain. You sprained your ankle playing basketball. That swelling occurred, pain occurred, and I guess we'll talk about further episodes as well, but when swelling occurs, uh, that swelling settles and actually scar- causes scar tissue. And so what happens, even though your pain, I'm assuming went down your ankle, does your ankle still hurt now? No, yeah, your ankle doesn't hurt anymore. So your mind like, oh, no, no more pain. I can go back to normal and do my normal thing and start running. Uh, but what you don't realize, part of your movement story, is that three years ago, even though the pain went down, 
swelling turns into scar tissue. And now your ankle probably doesn't bend as well as you, uh, as it well as it did prior to injury. Even though it didn't hurt, if you watch yourself walk or squat, you might see your, your foot go more flat. You might see your foot turn out a little bit. Um, so I'm not sure if you notice that, especially as a physical therapist, if you've seen your right foot do different things or walking in footprints on the sand, you see your footprint on the right foot a little differently. Right, you know we're the worst at taking care yeah. of ourselves. <laughs> like I don't even look I'm a, at I'm myself. a hypocrite. What I'm hearing is, is that I need to get an appointment with you so you can no, check no, these no, things. No, 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 no. So no, the, the point though is, 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 is that sprained ankle, again, the common thing is, oh, it doesn't hurt anymore. I can start doing my thing again. That is the classic yeah. thing where people think, oh, it doesn't hurt. I can green light go again. But what you don't realize is that after that sprained ankle, even though it was only one time, your ankle mechanics changed. And then you decide to run three years later. Three years later, start running a mile, two miles, start getting in shape. But that ankle doesn't handle as much load anymore. Um, no doubt you can injure your foot again, your ankle again, but your mechanics also are dependent. So your foot and ankle and your hip socket work together when you run. So if your ankle doesn't work right over time, roughly three months, six months, you start running for that kind of timeline, your hip mechanics change. Sure. All of a sudden that can change more load on your hip and your threshold of your hip mechanics or your, your ligaments or your muscles can only handle so much because now your ankle and your hip they are not working correctly. All of a sudden your hip starts hurting. So I'll, I'll go back to the graph because I like the visualization. So would you say starting timeline x would be two yeah, or three years ago that's right. when so the you, ankle so, right, happened so you know say your, your patient of mine you come in and say my ankle hurt i just i'm not my ankle my hip hurt i hurt two weeks ago whatever right um but really my starting point you're thinking two weeks ago i hurt my hip you're i'm thinking, thinking three years ago yeah you're thinking a long time but yeah. this this there was a low level something occurring until yeah. it reached yeah so your your ability is to handle threshold of your hip was yeah. even compromised starting three years ago. I see. So even you started carrying boxes, you start going for walks just around the park, your hip was changing its mechanics and its threshold a point even then. So you kind of set yourself up to a point. So all of a sudden you start running for three months, your body was already kind of changed already. And then you kind of took it over the top by running for a mile for three, three months. And all of a sudden it just kind of blew over the top. Does right. that make sense? Does that help at all from a storyline standpoint? Yeah. Because so, be, again, a lot of people are very short-sighted. They, they just think, hey, I hurt my hip when I ran. Like, I got to fix it. And it's like, okay, let's, let's have you take a step back and look at the bigger picture. We talk about these timelines of looking at your narratives. This is where looking at the stuff you wrote down, we asked in previous episodes, your pain narrative. Look at those things. So if you have a hip pain on the right side and you have an ankle sprain on the right side when you're a kid, there's probably a correlation to that, which most people just don't see the correlation between the two. So when we're starting to discuss in this podcast of why pain occurs, we're not just looking at the pain itself. We're looking at the true movement story graph. And Correct. that's where we really need to get at with this with this episode is to get out to our listeners is we're not just looking at the pain itself, but we're trying to get everything that you've told us with your pain narrative yep. and create this movement story graph for you. Graph, timeline, just in your sure. head, a visualization. It could be a storyline or board. Like again, for me, I'm a very uh, geometrical person, so XY graph makes sense to me. Uh, but for you, if this is a narrative story, you're looking at like a chronological history. It's probably even a better way to look at it as chronological, chronological histories. Put your plot points on a timeline. It could then be XY graph. It could just be a vertical line or a horizontal line of when you first hurt yourself, sprain your ankle three years ago, and just draw that line to the point where you have pain now, yeah. that tells a story or a timeline or narrative of the accumulation of why your hip is hurting now. 
Got it. Now that makes um, complete sense. And then I also want to go back to discuss that this type of pain. Let's talk a little bit more about, explain to me more about nociceptive pain. Yeah, so nociceptive pain is, is, is related to the nociceptors or these sensory um, cells in your tissues of your body. Not in your nerves per se, but they're kind of, well, that's in your nerves, but they're kind of in the exterior body. So, so not outside your skin, but like in, in your ligaments, in your muscles, things like that. You have these nociceptors in your body that are basically danger receptors. Got it. And so they call them noxious stimulus. When you kind of piss it off a bit, it sends a little bit of a, hmm, that didn't feel right. That, didn't, that sense of didn't feel right is your nociceptors uh, perceiving um, an aberrant or kind of like a danger kind of signal. And again, your body can handle things. Like if we didn't have any sense of warning or threshold or kind of things kind of irritable, like we would hurt ourselves a lot because we, like some people are like, I probably shouldn't do that. That's kind of like your, your, your warning sign. So your nociceptors in your body are like warning signals, basically. Let's use it that way. And so when you talk about nociceptive pain, that's when the final point, the nociceptors finally get to a tipping point where like, I can't handle that anymore. And it finally, like a chemistry set, blows the top off and it sends a signal to your brain like, ow, that hurts. And your brain then registers it as pain or can register it as pain. So Dara, um, hopefully that the idea of, of uh, describing pain and, and uh, nociceptive uh, stimulus, things like that, has, has been helpful. I know you understand as a therapist, but hopefully the people listening to this will be beneficial. But let's, let's kind of flip the table back to you as you just reported or you just shared how you've had some hip pain running. Um, imagine you didn't know this information already because I know you're, you're, you understand this pain science as a therapist, but does that information from a person in pain, does that help you understand your injury better? Yes. I feel the education part and understanding that there are things in my body that create pain, that it's not just in my head, that there is this mechanism that happens, um, does help me understand the pain. And Help me know that there is a reason for the pain versus just being told you have hip tendonitis. Got it. Got it. Yep. Um, I'm being told where that pain is coming from. Got it. Perfect. And then the other questions that I've asked for you, we talked about move the story is, is, you know, you kind of talked about your ankle sprain playing basketball. Like now you're complaining of hip pain or you're, you're more of an onset of unresolved hip pain. Um, based on your own movement story, does that... F- make it more valuable to you to understand your whole bigger picture narrative? Like what, what information does that help you with your own story? Brian, that helps me out the most. And I know that this will help out our listeners the most is knowing that it didn't just come from the hip pain. One thing I think about is like, if you were to ask me to stand on one leg on my right side and stand on my one leg on my left side, my right side clearly has a harder time. And did that start two or three years ago or did that start now, right? So knowing that movement story and you walking me through that has helped the most. And I know when we do that with our patients, that to me is the most beneficial thing that we do. Okay. And then just asking the question to you as a a potential patient as well as, or even therapist yourself, you want to answer it from both hats or one of the hats. Yeah. Uh, What are some of the practical advices now that you understand this how would you address this? How would you approach this differently knowing this information? I'll, I'll think about it as a therapist first. So as a therapist, knowing that 
the movement story starts not just from the onset of pain has helped me be a better therapist. Mm. Really going into the story from the beginning, seeing their activity levels from the beginning, not just from two weeks ago. Um, From a patient standpoint, um, I definitely know that knowing that movement story helps resolve the issue versus just addressing the hip at hand. Um, Is that answering your question? Yeah, and that's good that you're starting to see kind of like, oh man, I'm, I'm here for my hip pain, but really I need to figure out the other stuff that can really... That, that caused it from the from the get-go. Because actually, you know, even therapists, you know, even ourselves, it's very easy to just focus on the pain complaints they're complaining, coming in for. So their hip hurts, we try to hit, treat the hip. But our results also don't get better. Exactly. They don't get the patient better if we don't address the ankle as well. So that that dual fold of addressing the, the history of your pain, uh, you and I will, will take that history of looking at where, where that first initial trauma happened. And then we'll build into that and say, look, we got to treat your hip, but we only fully get it better until we actually treat your ankle too. Even though your ankle doesn't hurt currently, your ankle might be stiff, which perpetually makes your hip work differently. You lose your balance. You start running on it. You can't fully run until your ankle and hip work together. So uh, from a treatment perspective, hopefully you as a patient or a person in pain, yourself, you know, um, to you, Dara, as well as anyone who's listening, um, you may want to start thinking about addressing those issues, even though it doesn't hurt. That's the hard part. If it doesn't hurt, your brain's like, oh, it doesn't hurt, then green light go again. So uh, my recommendation, you know, kind of summarizing this podcast is, you know, understand that pain happening, the inflammation happening, um, but start thinking about how to address that pain there quickly so inflammation doesn't settle. And we'll talk about next episode about what, why inflammation staying there too long is a bad thing. But also think about addressing the other things, part of your movement story of the things that made the accumulation effect of your pain happening now. Um, you better start thinking about those things as well and just kind of go from there. And we'll, we'll keep talking about further episodes of digesting your longer history of, of your injuries uh, because those previous injuries of ankle sprains you had three years ago, Dara, really might be that t- that reverse pivot point where we can actually then really open this thing wide open. Let's say you've had hip pain for years, you can't get rid of it. We literally might need to treat your ankle first, even though it doesn't hurt, and then make your hip feel pain feel better. Thanks, so. Brian. I'll make an appointment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll make an appointment with you. So. <laughs> Anyhow, so uh, listeners, if you're on this uh, this podcast, I know we're probably just talking some other stuff about Dara's pain, but hopefully this is helpful for you guys listening. Uh, everyone has their different injuries, elbow, neck, things like that. But st- again, going back, we're, we're always going back into your timelines. I really encourage you to really start um, thinking again about the, your previous injuries you've had, previous pains you had, and maybe over time there's an accumulation effect of why your pain's happening now. That is still kind of the thing we're trying to get at with this podcast unresolved is look at the bigger picture look at the longer timelines of why your pain's happening not just be focused on your current pain and no if you're in pain there's hope thanks for listening to the unresolved podcast harnessing your movement story to end chronic pain Please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And remember, if you're in pain, there is hope.